Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about combating emotional hijacks. Kimberly lowered her eyes and spoke quietly. She said, I didn't like myself very much at that point. I said nothing. She went on, The minute I got back to my office, I knew I shouldn't have said what I said. I, I can't believe I thought even for a minute that Max didn't have my best interest at heart. Of course he did. He always does. She shook her head slowly and blew out a big breath. I stayed silent. She was coaching herself more effectively than I ever could. She looked me right in the eyes and said, That feeling, watching hurtful words come out of my mouth and not being able to stop them, I hate that. It's like my brain short circuits. It does, I said. It gets taken over. It gets hijacked. She gave a surprised bark of a laugh. <laughs> That's a good word. It feels like a hijacking. I'm standing there watching myself do something I wish I weren't doing, and I'm helpless to stop it. I said, you know you're not alone, right, Kimberly? When something triggers fight or flight or freeze, we all say and do things that are pure reaction, no thought. It's called an amygdala hijack. Oh, I've heard of the amygdala, she said. That's the lizard part of the brain, right? Actually, the lizard brain is the brain's stem. That's an even older part of the brain than the amygdala. The amygdalae are about the size of almonds. There are two of them at the base of the brain behind the eyes. And what do they do? They control emotions. Well, they didn't do a very good job controlling mine this morning with Max. Actually, they did a perfect job of controlling your emotions this morning. They took control of your emotions this morning. Oh, the hijack, she said, making the connection. Exactly. But why did they take control? Somehow they sensed a threat. Do you know what set you off? You bet, she said. Max told me he had delivered something to my boss that he and I had worked on. I had thought, well, I had assumed we were going to present it to her together. So for that moment, before I could think about it, I felt left out. That's what set me off. When I think I'm being left out unfairly, watch out. Or when I feel I'm being ignored, oh, yikes. Those feel like big threats to me. That's impressive, Kimberly. What is, she said, a little thrown. You just named your triggers. And that's impressive, she asked. It is. Triggers are feelings that activate a threat response, and we all have them. But it's impressive that you can say, I get triggered by feeling left out or feeling ignored. Well, I've lived with them a long time, she said. Even so, there are a lot of people who know they have triggers, but they can't name them. Heck, there are a lot of people who don't know they even have triggers. I think it's great that you know them and you can name them. Well, I'd love to be without them. Any tips on how to kill my triggers, she asked. Oh, I don't think we can kill our triggers. When something feels dangerous or threatening, we react. Reactions are primitive. We can't stop our triggers. She looked at me and asked, Is that true for you too? Are you asking if I have triggers? Of course I do, I said. And they are? 
off the top of my head, I'd say two of my triggers are when I feel ineffectual and when I get frightened of a bad outcome. And then what happens to you? she asked. Well, just like you. If my triggers end up hijacking me, I usually behave in a way I don't like. She reflected on that. After a minute, I went on. I used to get hijacked a lot, Kimberly, and I didn't like it. When I was trying to stop the hijackings, I thought I could outthink my triggers, but I couldn't. The amygdala is so much faster than the executive functioning part of the brain. But I could outfeel them. What does that mean? I took a breath. I noticed that my hijacks felt like a roaring fire in me, and I wondered, where does that fire start? Over time, I found out that before I would get hijacked, I could feel this fiery little ember like a hot coal in my gut. That was where the hijack started for me, in my body, and I could feel it. I've got a different feeling before a hijack, she said. You do, really? Yeah, she said. Mine is like a rope around my chest. I can feel my heart pounding. And what happens? Well, like you, she said. If I'm not careful, I go wacky. But sometimes that feeling in my chest is like a big alarm. It's screaming, watch out. You're going to say something you're going to regret. Well, that's exactly what I meant, Kimberly, about outfeeling the amygdala. Your body can sense that alarm long before the executive functioning part of your brain can. Does this executive functioning part of the brain have a name, she asked? The prefrontal cortex. I cupped my hand high on my forehead to indicate placement. It's where rational thought and self-awareness live. So when your body warns you about a hijack, that's your amygdala trying to take over, right? Well, that's a good way to think of it, Kimberly. But, she said, what you really want to do is keep your executive functioning brain online, right? Exactly. Shifting gears, I said, I have a question for you. Okay. You have two core self-management skills completely covered. Number one, you can name your triggers. Feeling left out or ignored. Check. Number two, you know where the trigger shows up in your body. Rope around your chest. Check. So if you can do those two things, what's keeping you from staying online and stopping the hijacking? She thought about that. I don't know. I'm thinking about this morning with Max. I don't know what I would have said. I, I was really angry. What's your concern, Kimberly? My concern is that I was so angry I would have said something I didn't like. And I did. Fair enough. So what would you have said if you had been angry and were able to keep your executive functioning online at the same time. Can you do that, she asked? Absolutely. That's partly how you stop the hijack. Stay online no matter what you're feeling. You don't give in. Huh, she said. I asked again, so what would you have said? I have no idea. <laughs> well, think about this morning. Was the rope around your chest? Do you mean, was I angry? Yeah, for sure. And then you started talking, right? Unfortunately. So if you could freeze frame that movie, and now, knowing everything you know, if you could speak from that executive functioning part of your brain, what would you say instead? Well, first, I'd probably listen. He hadn't even finished explaining when I jumped all over him. 
Okay, great. So one thing you could do is stay listening. That would stop the hijack. Would it? She asked. Oh, yeah. If you've been hijacked and your emotions are flooding your system, you can't listen. Forcing yourself to keep listening is a great way for executive functioning to stay online. Huh, she said again. So now suppose it's your turn to speak, Kimberly. Right now, what would you say? She watched some movie in her head, and then she smiled in surprise. She said, Do you know what? I think I would say the same thing I'd want to say five minutes later if I hadn't gotten hijacked. I mean, if I could just slow down and not react, I think I would know what to say. Kimberly, I agree. I think that's the whole ball game right there. When you stay online, whatever comes out of your mouth will be good enough, just like it's good enough the rest of your waking life. Hm. You haven't seen me at home, she said brightly. We both chuckled, and then we sat for a minute. Then she asked, When I'm feeling the rope, but I'm not in full-blown hijack mode yet, you mean the executive functioning part is still online, right, would it be okay to say something like, I'm not sure I can make good decisions right now. Can I take a couple minutes? Well, that sounds fine. Why wouldn't you say that? Well, I, I don't want to look like I'm out of control. <laughs> because it's better to be in the situation you're in now, where you have to worry about what you said when you got hijacked? She laughed. Touché. She held two thumbs up. I am all for staying online. Stop the hijack. Which, of course is the look and sound of leadership. The purpose of this episode was to talk about a very specific thing that happens to us all. Hijacks. For some people, they do it at home and never at work. Some people are the other way around. And some people don't discriminate. They are equal opportunity offenders. I've addressed this issue of self-management in different ways during various episodes, but today I illustrated seven very specific ideas in my conversation with Kimberly, and I want to lay them out for you. Before I do, I want to take my once-a-year pause. In America, we just celebrated our annual day of giving thanks. This has been a year of tremendous gratitude for me. I have had a wonderful year in my business and in my home life. One major part of my year, every year, is the podcast. I love doing the podcast. I hope you can tell that. I love writing the podcast, and I love telling them to you, and I love corresponding with all of you all over the globe. Thank you so much for being in touch. You are one of the things that is high on my gratitude list. Now, of course, the podcasts don't happen by themselves. There are five, count them, five stout-hearted people who edit the executive tips every month. These are wise people who do not hold back, and I'm the better for it. Nancy Brewer, Tom Mannheim, Graham Burns, Nancy Shanfeld, Mindy Dana. Thanks to all of you. And then on the production side is designer Paul Eisen and programmer George Avellino. Paul and I sit here in Southern California together, jealous of George, who lives with his wife and son, often in Hawaii, but then for like six or eight months of the year, they live together in Bangkok. <sighs> no matter where you're living, George, and Paul, you too, and yes, by the way, I work with two of the Beatles, George and Paul, 
I am grateful for you. Thank you guys so much. And all of you podcast listeners, you don't know it, but you are thankful to all seven of those people because without them, there would be no podcast. So thank you all. Okay. So now, back to the seven points I wanted to make. Are you ready? Number one, emotional hijacks are real. Look, don't be confused by the words emotional hijacks. Those two words, emotional hijack, it's just a label for when emotions take control over your reason. It happens to everyone sometimes. And if you think it doesn't happen to you, then it is time to renew your contract with reality. I promise you, sometimes your emotions take control over your reason. It happens. That's number one. Number two, why do emotional hijacks happen? Because of a trigger. Triggers are feelings that activate your emotional flight, fight, or freeze response. We all have triggers. That's number two. Number three, triggers follow a pattern. If you track your triggers over time, a pattern is going to emerge, I promise. If you can't recognize the pattern, ask the people who love you. They can probably tell you your pattern. So that's number three, triggers follow a pattern. Four, the first step to mastering your triggers is to be able to name them. As a master of this art has said, name them to tame them. Two of Kimberly's triggers, as examples, were feeling left out and being ignored. Two of mine were feeling ineffectual and fearing a bad outcome. Triggers are personal. Yours are going to be different from the people who work with you and live with you. Triggers are different for each person. Learn to name yours. That's number four. Number five. Emotional hijacks are usually preceded by a sensation somewhere in the body. Most often it's going to be somewhere in your core. Hijacks are physical. You can feel them coming. Number six. Use that physical sensation as a warning bell. As soon as you feel it, stay online. Stop or at least slow down the emotional hijacking. And number seven, when you're struggling to keep your executive functioning online, you can speak about your struggle. You could say something like, I'm really upset at the moment, or this is really hard for me, or as Kimberly suggested, I'm not sure I can make good decisions right now. I'd like a timeout. Speaking about the feeling helps make sure you don't act from the feeling. So those are the seven tips here. If you're ready to do a little combat with your emotional hijacks, there are seven other episodes. <laughs> I'm really into sevens today, aren't I? Okay. Seven other episodes you might listen to are Building Emotional Intelligence, Conquering Fear, The Disruptive Executive, Part 2, Dealing with Emotional Responses, The Mindful Executive, Negative Self-Talk, and Self-Awareness and Self-Management. The episodes are all on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. It's EssentialCom with two M's. The tab marked Coaching Tips will take you into the archive where you can stroll up and down the virtual aisles at your leisure and you can check out any podcast you want. And while you're there, 
Hit the contact button and say hi to the librarian. That's me. I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>